0: Well, should we talk about training or should we talk about the model? You decide. If, let's talk about them. We're communicating now.
1: Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community conversation and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy hey what's up everybody welcome back to elements of styles i am mark styles your host and we have a different one today eric warner of sandler sales training has been on the show before an earlier episode but today we're going to rebroadcast an episode of the dr joe show which can also be found on itunes spotify and all of the places you consume podcasts where eric joined myself dr joe and Thomas McCoy of Studio B, and helps us with the concept of the disc assessments and the personalities and how to communicate effectively with one another. So if you've ever sat back and wondered why you're tired after a conversation, well, listen to this.
0: Yeah, welcome, Eric Warner. Thank you, gentlemen. It is wonderful. So let's get right into it. Tell me about disc profiling. So,
2: disc profiling. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna change the vernacular a little bit if I could, because there's there's an element of of this that's that surrounds trying to profile somebody. But you know, profiling's got a tinge to it that I think some people can get off on the wrong foot on. It's we we use it as a tool that helps people understand how to communicate, and and effectively, if you think about it, we all have communication styles. And depending on our communication styles, sometimes we get along well with people, sometimes we don't. Sometimes our thoughts come out clear. Sometimes there's confusion and misunderstanding. And what DISC does is it really helps people figure out what's their style and where are those areas of comfort. Because this isn't really about, you think about profiling, there's a rigidness to it. I like to think about DISC as it's a very malleable type profile well assessment we use it we don't call it a test or anything it's an assessment that helps people understand where their most comfortable zones of communications are and then we help them figure out when they're interacting with somebody else how do you read that person to figure out what their most comfortable zones of communication are and then we help give them some tools to adjust so they can maximize and connect with people at a easier and in less tiresome level right because if you think about it if you have to deal with somebody that you don't really connect with somebody's going to have to be tired at the end of that interaction and if you're in sales and you're trying to get somebody to buy something or you're a manager or a leader and you want your people to do what you need them to do or you know you're even you know a teacher or somebody who's trying to connect with people to move them forward you should be the one who's tired at the end of that interaction, not the person you're communicating with. So probably said more than I needed to there, but that's, we look at it as a tool to help you understand yourself, understand others, and then connect that with how to connect with them. How did you, how did you get into this? Well, I mean, I think uh, like most things that were impactful in my life by accident, generally, right? I, I think I met my wife by accident. We bumped into each other at a certain point in time, and wow, all of a sudden, here we are almost 30 years later, right? Um, so I I, in, in, I spent a lot of years in corporate America, uh, and, and then I, I went out on my own, left about seven years ago, and, and uh, invested in a, in a franchise called Sandler Training. And I build all of my my training around the Sandler training philosophy. And through the Sandler training philosophy, we partner with a company called Disc. Uh, Extended Disc is the is the platform that we use, and it really kind of opened my eyes because if I think about it, you know, selling, managing, leading people—it's all about communication. So you know, this really became a big cornerstone of everything that we teach whether it's you know sales and prospecting and qualifying and you know bringing somebody you know through uh, nice to meet you to exchange and commerce or retaining a relationship or building a sales team growing and leading the organization it all comes back to communication so disc became you know a center point we've we've done we do hundreds of discs a year Um, people that don't do sales training with us often come to us and say, can you put me through the program? Can we do a workshop, um, to, to help their teams, to help their, their folks communicate better. And it's just something that I've gravitated to, um, and I try to, you know, live to it as well and, and, and adjust as much as I can. Can you tell a little bit about what the training
0: would look like and, and how, how that occurs? Well, should we talk about training or should we talk about the model? you decide if, let's talk about the. we're communicating now so let's talk <laughs> about the model let's do that <laughs> have we figured out
1: what, which style dr joe is yet eric
2: well i mean it's it's hard to know right because i i know jo- dr joe here in his element of the radio show and i'm guessing that dr joe one-on-one conversation without the recordings going and the radio in the background He's probably close to the same guy, but he's got a bit of a radio persona, much like I have a training persona, right? And everybody yeah. that I train is often fooled by what my disc style is. So, so I'll I'll, I'll get back to you on that one, Mark, as we get into the yeah. conversation further. Is that fair?
0: fair right. Looking forward to it.
2: So, so tell tell me about the model. So, so, so the model is really, I mean, it's. You know, most psychological models, you know, they they typically are quadrant-based, and and DISC is really no different. There's four major quadrants within DISC, and each one of them has, you know, their own, their their own traits and and so the four models are essentially one is a dominant style and and with dominant styles you know, you tend to have people that are fairly decisive they're goal oriented they they speak in short bursts and tend to be you know fairly direct and assertive with the points that they make and you know they, they don't really mess around they're they're often focused on where are things going? And how do we change things to get there faster? And, and I really want to have my, my hand on the pulse of what's going on so I, so I can really you know, drive this forward. You know, as I describe that, that style, I'm sure you, you're thinking of people in your life that say, oh yeah, I, I know somebody who kind of fits that mold, right? So, you know, there's, that's what your D style looks like. And, and, and then there's the, the I style, which is the interactive. These people tend to be very social, they're energetic. They want to grab you and entertain you and get your attention and tell you a joke and make you laugh and talk to you things about, Hey, we're going to do this and it's going to be fun. You want to join us. It'll be a, it'll be a great activity. We'll, we'll get to know each other and it'll be kind of cool. Um, you know, and, and, you know, they're, they're all about let's, let's do stuff and let's do stuff where we're visible and we can see people. They're very extroverted type individuals, right? So, you know, then there's the, the, the S style, which is much more, we call them the steady relators, right? They're, they're very steady, calm. You know, they tend to be very gentle in how they ask questions. They're thoughtful in how they provoke things. They're constantly asking you, you know, how are you? And how are you feeling? And what does that really mean? And they want to go a level deeper on stuff. And they want to talk about you. They don't want to talk about themselves. They want to talk about team. They want to build consensus. They want to keep everybody comfortable, right? And then you have your Cs which are your compliance, and they are very logic, fact-based. They think about tasks, they're analytical, they're quiet. They're also very, very thorough. And their biggest focus is they don't want to make mistakes. They like to be right. They, they want to do things that are, you know, that are done right the first time and it gets you to the right answer. So, so the model helps people really figure out, well, what kind of communicator am I, right? Because Ds tend to be very direct to the point you know, what's the point? Why are we doing this? What's the goal? The I's want to tell you a story. They want to get you laughing. And then they'll maybe talk about some business. S's, you know, they want to understand, they want to make sure there's complacence, there, there's comfort in what we're doing and they, they, they've got to be thorough and they don't really want to change because they like things to be comfortable. And C's are only going to change if they know it's going to put them in a better place. It's going to be right. And they've got a spreadsheet with positives and negatives, and they can think through all the details and logic Right? So if you think about that, when you're conversing with somebody and you have somebody who processes information over those four different ways and you're communicating on a different wavelength, there's that tendency to miss, right? Mm. Does, that, does that help at all with kind of the, how the model works? That was you know, what, three minutes or less of disk. Yeah. We do that like hour and
0: a half in, a, in, a, in a the planning session. So, so there's, <laughs> these are the four different styles. And then we have Mark styles. Um, the so <laughs> can you, know, you guess which styles i am i can uh <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so i understand so so how do you get someone with the dominant style to be able to communicate in the style of a steady relator is that part of of the yeah. training
2: well it's an attempted right so so if we think about it that's the training's really got a couple of phases, right? So t- we put everybody through an assessment and the assessments are are exhaustive in terms of the results that they produce. They're actually, the assessment itself takes 15, 20 minutes. Um, but then the output that it gets is is very detailed to help people understand where their comfort levels of communication exist. And, and I, it's important that we use words like comfort because there's nothing about DISC that says can do, can't do. Right? Uh, but, you know, like the, in the scenario you gave, uh, a steady relator and a dominant, right? A dominant is comfortable, you know, saying, hey, Dr. Joe, what's the goal of this program today? What, what, do, you what, what do you want to get done? What do you want from me? Right? What's going to make this a good show? Right? That, mm-hmm. That's how a, a, a dominant is going to be comfortable asking you those questions. And S, on the other hand, is going to say, you know, hey, Dr. Joe, thank you so much for having me here today. I, I really want to make sure that your audience gets the most out of this program. If there's anything that I can share with them or help them with, what what, what would we what would we want to talk about? What's going to give them the best? What's going to make you feel good about me having me as a guest, right? Mm. Not terribly different messages, incredibly different delivery, right? Yeah. And so so we we have to help Ds understand when they talk like that and they're talking to an S who's listening for something very different, that could be a very grating interaction. And then if an S is talking to a D that's almost like nails on a chalkboard to them, you know, they, they just want, okay, well, wait, why, why, why are we doing this? Tell me what's the point? Come on, come on, give me the answer. Right? So it's knowing in reading your audience. So you hit the right style and you don't push people away. So yes, we help people understand that adjustment phase takes practice it takes practice mm-hmm. in frankly writing
0: writing yeah. try to say it <laughs> do, you, do you ever get resistance where somebody says there's no way that i'm i'm a an interactive i am definitely a dominance or there's no way i mean do people ever say this doesn't doesn't fit the way i feel about my communication style yeah. Well, um, so short answer, yes. I mean, there's, there's certain times
2: where people read this and this is why we, we, we want to be very smart about how we communicate to people what this assessment is for. It, it's right. not you, you can do or can't do anything. It's just simply telling you that this is what you're most comfortable doing. So when the pressure is on or when you're nervous or when you're feeling like you, you, have got to do something fast, you tend to drift into your comfort zones and I mm. can get you into trouble. Right? So but you know, there's actually a, on one of the assessments, there's a page that says how others may perceive you. And remember, most of the time, we do this training. We do it in a group setting. And if somebody's really, I'm not so sure about you know this style. If this assessment got me right, I always ask them to read how others may perceive you out loud to the group. And I'd say 95 percent of the time, when they're done with that, they're like, Yeah, I, I guess you're right. That that, is, that does sound like me most of the time not all the time most of the time
0: this is great stuff so th- so mark you you did one of these trainings i've done multiple trainings
1: actually okay. we've um so when i uh, i am also a uh a a student of the disc um philosophy but we i did it when i was taking individual classes with Eric and his team. So I started to take some sales training to, to help uh, with our business development, and I was fascinated with the DISC approach, and it was very eye-opening for me um, to to know how people are perceiving me. Right. So I was always wondering, like, well, why why can't they understand what I'm what I'm getting at? Um, so I asked him to bring it to the team, and we've since. Brought it to the team two or three times as you know a sharpening of the saw, um, and we've just most recently did one uh, a, uh, three weeks ago, and we had Thomas join um, in on in on the workshop as well because um, I, I think it's valuable. I think it's it's extremely valuable in, in in a similar way as the I am approach, right? It's the self realization, right? The self awareness of. How am I being perceived by others? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's maturation 101, right? Is to to understand, okay, they're uncomfortable with me because of the way I'm communicating with them. So now I need to meet them at their comfort zone, right? I can't ask for the bullet bullet points when they want to give me a thesis. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's 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 eye-opening because it, it answers a lot of questions of why am I not communicating well with this person? And when you realize, okay, this is where they are, it's in black and white. Now they've done the assessment. It's bulletproof. It's a hundred percent (laughs) accurate. Uh, but I have found that it's very, very accurate. Um, now I know how to approach this person to communicate effectively with this person and Eric's right it takes a lot of work because ultimately you know you can bang your head against the wall and wonder why your forehead is bruised or you can actually sit back and you know take in this information and use it effectively and it's not a tactic in in a way of manipulation it's it's a it's a tool to communicate more effectively with people, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing more uh, beneficial in anything than proper communication. And when you have this knowledge base uh, and use it effectively, again, not in a form of manipulation, but in a form of comfort, right? It's like a teacher. Where, where are you gonna, where are you gonna bring the student? Are you gonna force feed information? at them or are they a visual learner are you going to try to you know bring the education to where they're comfortable same with communication are you going to you know communicate the way you want to be communicated with or are you going to communicate with them the way they want to be communicated with and once you're aware of how they want to be communicated with then you know do your work and and pay attention and stay and it's hard trust me it is
2: well very can, hard I, and it's coming, can i can i show it's, you guys and give mark a little props here i mean i don't know the radio audience probably wouldn't appreciate this but the facebook live audience might if i share my screen mark are you okay <laughs> i'm not going to share any names here you know what i'm what i'm going to show yeah, uh, I want to show you guys a quick picture of mark's organization and okay hey, I think that you know it, there's a couple reasons that I bring it up, right? And, and you okay. guys should all be seeing on the Facebook Live, probably a, so, a, a disc chart that has bullet strikes on it. And for the radio audience, what you'll notice if you were seeing this live is there's two dots on the right-hand side of the quadrants, which are the DI side of the disc quadrants. And then there's 20, actually no, 19 of them that are in the SC quadrants. So
0: hold on, Eric, Eric, let me just stop you for a second. So, so for our, for our WATD audience, um, you can always go to Facebook live, but let me, let me just tell you what we're looking at. There there is a one, two, there's a a hexagonal shape, which has a lot of different shapes inside it. And each of those shapes has the potential to have a red dot in it. Um, and what we're seeing here is a, is a clustering of red dots in certain parts of these these shapes and then two red dots that are all the way over to the right um just so people get a sense you know of what we're looking at eric take it from here tell me what are we looking at thank you dr joe that was a much more in-depth
2: look at, at what what the radio audience is seeing here so i'm getting a better sense of your style by the way you did that thank you so so the what, what this is is this what's what this is doing is plotting mark's organization into their comfort zones of communication and and what's there's a couple things that i find fascinating about this one is just the 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 lopsided nature of where everybody is right he's got you know over 80 over 90% of his organization exists in opposite quadrants the little lonely red dot in the d quadrant over here is mark and he couldn't be further away from a communication style from the rest of his team and mm. and and while i mean i know most of his team uh, you know they might express some frustration occasionally and mark perhaps expresses a touch of frustration the other way as well it's amazing to me that the organization has flourished the way that it has and and this is something that you don't often see Because the one thing about DISC is, you know, you think about social settings. You think about who you surround yourself with. You tend to surround yourself with people who make you comfortable, right? And if DISC is a tool to help you know what your comfort zones are, if you think about the people you spend most of your time with, they probably have similar DISC styles to you because you talk at the same pace. You potentially use the same words. You get excited by the same things. You tend to focus on, you know, certain things that make you all happy we're not going to surround ourselves with people who have very very different styles so you know it's a token to mark to say all right look what do i really need to make this business hum and you know they fit into those styles it's not easy to always hire people that are very opposite than you that can have an impact to your organization because sometimes the connection of communication isn't as smooth right in some of these interviews, they might have found Mark very direct and, you know, maybe not very warm and just kind of, you know, brushing over things that of details that they wanted to hear. And, you know, they might have been telling him, you know, but in great detail about everything they did in in their, you know, their law school activities, et cetera. And he's like, okay, enough already. I heard enough. Let me get on to my next question. Right? I'm, I'm sure that never happened, Mark. I'm probably making most of that up, so.
1: Well, I've gotten much better at communicating with that uh, disc style, thanks to you, Eric. But so, it is—it's important that the, the 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 team member is in that quadrant because for the job, the task at hand, it requires it. There's only there's only one D in our organization because there's. <laughs> There's only the need for one D, really, truly, when it comes down to it. When the the, the the folks that are that are making it happen, the folks that are delivering the, the service have the right disk um, uh, assessment. Now, for if we needed more sales and marketing people, then we'd need more D's and I's. But we have the perfect fit to the point where we've been talking to the team about as we hire, at what stage are we going to give people this assessment? And we're getting very close to saying, before we agree to hire them.
0: Very interesting. The the other thing uh, for our listening audience, um, in each corner of the square, there is a letter corresponding to one of the disc categories one of the the disk communication styles and on the side are words uh so underneath the so so mark eric can you help me with that so yeah these decisions so tell me about what what is what does this mean so so essentially well let me let me
2: if i could i don't want to get you guys sick with slides here um but i'm just going to give you a different representation because i think i know what you're after here uh, hold on. Um, and I'm actually going through the deck that I used with Mark's team mm-hmm. as part of this training. So I'm just, I'm looking for one
0: particular. So as you're looking, I'm, I'm going to comment on, on what Mark said, because it does make sense that you would not necessarily want to have more than one dominant style in a group because of the potential for conflict. Um, but Mark... Mark has always not only been a person who is able to state his mind, but who inspires other people. And that is a true leader. Because so I think what Mark does in, in his leadership style is encourage other people to be their best, but reminds them that they are doing that, that they have the capacity to, to I mean, he believes in them. Mm-hmm. He believes in them, and and I think that's that's a powerful leadership style. So, Eric, uh, do you have you got your thing logged up? Because I yeah, also I, want to hear I can, what Tom's can, experience I can, was.
2: I can share this with you. This will this will give you a little bit of uh, of kind of what we're. Oops, I'm not sharing the right thing. Hold on. Um, the the so you you know, Doctor Joe, you're right in the sense that you don't want to create conflict. But what's interesting is. The I, I'm always an advocate, and Mark mentioned that you know we want to put people through a disc assessment before we hire them, and, and I always guide our clients to say, "Look, I would never not hire somebody because of their disc style, and it's because there's nothing about your disc style that makes you um, unable to do something. Right? There's great leaders who are D styles." And there are great leaders who are I styles, and same with S and same with C. The great leaders have a, a very good job of understanding their comfort zones and allowing themselves to get out of that comfort zone so they so they touch the masses. And you know, there's there's a lot of value of having people that have similar voices near you, right? So I have encouraged Mark, get a couple more days in the organization because you might need somebody who's willing to step up and challenging challenge you. You know, and D's are the, there's most of the styles get along with their other styles very well. D's sometimes tend to pound on each other and, but they have highly productive, sometimes discussions that sound like arguments. I have a very good friend who's a super high D and I remember my wife once, we went out to dinner with him and his wife and she's, he's like, why do you hang out with him? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, all you guys did was argue all night. I'm like, no, we didn't. We had a great couple of great conversations about a bunch of different stuff. She's like. Yeah, but you were like literally like, boom, 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 and we're both high D's. So it was—I mean, we thought it was a great conversation, and they were horrified, right? His wife's a high C, and my wife's a high S, and you know, they were both like, "This is—we're not doing this again anytime soon." And then Pete and I, and I went out and played golf the next day and had a great time. So, you know, it's it's good to have people around you that are similar, but it's also very good to have people around you that have different styles, so you get a balanced you get you get a balanced meal you get a little bit of everybody's thought tom you 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 were in the
0: training what was your experience like well so we laid the groundwork of what i went in expecting (laughs) okay
2: (laughs) so and i'm not gonna shy away from it i've had experiences doing like seminars and trainings and various other hr things at jobs that i didn't feel were very productive and I went in pretty cynical thing and like, Oh, is it going to be like, wh- what's my, I'm a Virgo. Like what's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Spending money on that.
2: Yeah. But, uh, I'll be damned if I didn't learn. That's the thing about disc that kind of opens people's eyes. Because if we think about ourselves in conversation, right? We're, we spend a lot of time thinking about, well, what are we going to say, and and how are they? How is it going to be perceived, and what is that other person on the other side perhaps going to feel? Like if you're a if you're a nurturing communicator, you think about how, how what you do is going to impact somebody, how it's going to make them feel. But when you talk with somebody, you're reading the other person, and you're you're reading into what they're saying so you can make logical decisions about how you should respond to them. And and mm-hmm. you know it, you know the, a lot of the stuff where we we have the most impact with this is, is with you know salespeople that sometimes aren't connecting with certain prospects and certain deals. And we just go back to well, how is the conversation going? What are we talking about? What are they asking you? What are they you know, continuously coming back to you for, and it's usually we can very quickly figure out you, you've got somebody in this style, and you're not giving them what they need,
0: right? Interesting. I, I want to just come back, Tom, for a minute. So, Tom, which which style are you? Did you? So I was. School? So I was in the middle of the uh, C quadrants. In the compliance, and the, and giving a lot of details and things like that. Is that right? that's right and so, i always i always figured i was
2: i didn't say i mean always figured but since learning about this I was like you know i'm, I'm a i'm a
0: sort of a cs yeah so mm-hmm. so so there can be sort of blends right of of this yeah certainly
2: there 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 is nobody on the in the world who is a hundred percent one style it, it's just that that person doesn't exist um most people share two styles Um, some have you know heavy blends of two and maybe a light blend of one and then one that they very much you know don't don't touch at all Um, but you know not there isn't anybody who who is comfortable in all four places either some are very comfortable in two not so comfortable in the other two they're very comfortable in two sort of comfortable in one other and not comfortable at all in a fourth one so it's you know everybody's scatter graph on disc is you know across the you know sitting between a couple of quadrants and you know sometimes there's opposing styles. some people have they have some i in them but they also have some c so they get excited about stuff they talk about you know oh this will be fun this will be excellent and we'll do this we'll have a good time but but wait we have to think about well how are we going to get there and what what's this logistics going to look like and could somebody get hurt and they find themselves kind of going back and forth on themselves because they have an opposing Communication style, they got to feed each other two different things before they can be ready to
0: move. It, it, I'm just curious, in terms of profession, mm. um, do you find that that they're they're sort of segmented, that, that some professions just naturally have a particular communication style that, that just attracts them or they're better at it?
2: Yeah, so we do. And and, and I'll say that it doesn't necessarily mean that that style's the right style for that job. It just means that the types of people that are in that job tend to be more comfortable there. So as an example, you know, in in Mark's world, um, you know, uh, generally we find attorneys are in the D.C. side of the, the world, right? They tend to be very factual, very analytical. Deals, I mean, details, rules, instructions are very important, but then they're also kind of very driven, you know. So, depending on where you are in the legal spectrum, there's a lot of Ds and Cs. And I have up the the slide here that that basically shows, you know, kind of what you can observe when you're talking with somebody by what they talk about, right? So, you know, and if you think about all of these areas and you think about something like sales, like when I do a sales training and I have 30 people in a room, there's, well, back when we used to put 30 people in a room, Th- th- you'd find it heavily weighted to d's and i's because it's an extroverted type activity you, you've got to be engaging with a lot of different people you have to have that extroversion trait to be in a you know kind of a new business generation sales role when i do work with customer service and customer success folks and we we run them through disk there's a lot of c's and s's um mm-hmm. you know that delivery and caretaking and making sure that we get everything right But those two organizations rely heavily on each other. And sometimes the communication friction between the D's and I's and the S's and C's can be enormous, and it can tear organizations apart. So a lot of the times, you know, we do analysis on each parts of the organization. We do training separately, and then we bring them all together as a group. And, you know, we kind of talk through situations, right? You got a customer who's angry about something. They bring it to the DI salesperson who goes and, throws the high level here's what's going on at the you know sc customer service rep you're instantly in conflict because they feel like they're being accused they don't know all the things everything that's going on the the salesperson might have gotten a high level but didn't get into the underlying facts so they're not might not be bringing the right piece of information so that's it's great becomes, you know a little
0: bit of a battle right. back and forth so so eric i i so appreciate this you know the we're going to wrap it up in a minute or two. So th- through the I am approach, um, the idea that everyone's doing the best they can, there are two rules, uh, two truths. First, small changes can have big effects. You don't need to change everything. Eric, what small change can you recommend to our listening audience that, that they can help with the communication styles?
2: Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's the small changes observe, right? The You know what makes you comfortable. You, you live with you every day. So you know what makes you comfortable, but observe the kinds of things that makes other people comfortable. What are they talking about? Are they talking about tasks and goals and uh, or are they talking about feelings and emotions and just observe, right? You, you said it earlier, talk with people. And that means paying attention to those small, subtle cues. Great.
0: And then this, and so folks observe. The second truth is you control no one, you influence everyone. You get to choose the kind of influence you wanna be. eric warner what kind of influence do you want to be
2: i i like to be what i call a slight edge influencer and and what i mean by that is i don't when i when we train people we want to take what they're doing and make it this much better right this isn't about making quantum leaps and redesigning and changing everything it's how do we in a slight edge way make you this much better right make you this much better and then when you get that much better we will make you this much better and then further so uh, i want to influence people slight edge one step at a time
0: how do people find you eric how do they get in touch with you
2: uh, you can find me a couple of ways. Um, you can find us uh, at uh, on my uh, homepage, which is praxis.sandler.com. Uh, you can find us on most of our, on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. Just search me, Eric Warner, Sandler Training. Great. You can find us at uh, our Praxis uh, Sandler Training homepage also on LinkedIn.
0: That's great. Thank you. Disc, folks. It's a way to communicate. Figure out your style. Let's do it. Everybody,
2: thanks so much. We'll see you next week The Dr. Joe Show. Bye, Bye, hey,
1: everybody. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstiles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Title. Secure title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Secure title, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.